This is Out of Office for Thursday, 25th of July, 2013. Heading the clouds. Welcome to the Out of Office podcast, where you'll learn how to work from virtually anywhere by using the internet for greater convenience, comfort, and freedom. Your hosts are Chris Pudney and Gihan Pereira. Hello, Chris. How are you going? Um, well, thanks, Gihan. How are you? I'm happy. I'm happy. Things are going really well for me. Very good. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah, good, good. So today we're going to be talking about the cloud and cloud computing. It's something that we've covered before in previous podcasts and kind of permeates everything that we do in our out-of-office work style. Uh, but today we're going to take a very specific look at some of the tools that we use uh, because there are a number of tools that you can use for your personal, uh, personally and also for collaborating with people, especially when you're working out of office. This applies regardless of whether you're working as a part-time telecommuter, as a full-time telecommuter or what we call a digital nomad. So all of these tools are going to be really useful. Um, I should say that this is by no means the full collection of tools that are available, um, nor is it necessarily the best tools that you should use, but we just thought we'd share some ideas of what we use and that might spark some ideas for yourself or maybe even get you thinking about I could do the same sort of stuff uh, that I might currently be doing on the desktop, but I could be doing it in the cloud. So I guess we're going to get into the tools, but I guess the best way to start is just let's let's have a quick overview of the uh, pros and cons of using the cloud. So I'll hand over to you for that, Chris. Sure, Gihan. And as you say, it, it permeates the out-of-office work style. And remember when we were debating and choosing the title of the book two years ago, we were debating whether to use um, the inter- using the internet for greater freedom in your work life or using the cloud for greater freedom in your work life. And we went with the former because we thought at that stage, two years ago, uh, the cloud was a relatively new term that people weren't going to be so familiar with, so we chose the internet. But I think if we were having that debate now, we would be more comfortable with going with the cloud. Mm. Um, so... Just to recap, we're going to go. I'll go through some of the pros and cons. Some of the, pro, the, the pros and cons stem from the fact that with the cloud, you're subscribing to a service, but with traditional software, you actually buy and own the software. And so the pros and cons follow from that. So some of the pros are that generally it uh, is lower cost. It can even be free. Um, and that's because you don't have any software to buy, install, or maintain, and you don't have any hardware to run that software on and buy and install and maintain that hardware. Conversely, uh, you lose some control when you subscribe to a cloud service. So the availability of that service, whether it's intermittent or permanent, if the business goes offline, uh, is out of your control. You don't have any control over the performance of that service. That's in the hands of the service provider. Uh, whether they uh, have uh, strict security and whether, whether and when they're performing backups. And finally, there are some things that are actually the same. So you really don't have much say in whether there are enhancements, whether you're subscribing to a service or buying software. And you can have you can suffer from vendor lock-in. So uh, your data is up in the cloud. You can't necessarily get it out. And even if you can get it out, it might not be in a format that's portable to another cloud service. Yep, yep, exactly right. And so let's assume that we've uh, decided that the pros are better than the cons and we're going to go ahead yep. with the tools that we're going to use in the cloud. Uh, so let's look at those tools. And when we look at them, we're going to group them in three areas because when people talk about the cloud, it's still a bit of a, um, still a, bit of a vague term. And I reckon people mean different things when they talk about it. So three broad areas. So one is your private cloud, which just means that you as an individual get access to things from multiple places, multiple devices anywhere around the world. So that's one part of it. The second part is we're going to call this selective access. 
So again, you've got a private cloud, but the services that you use allow you to invite other people to access your data, which is still your data, but other people can access it. For example, you give your assistant access to your accounting software, but only partly part access to it. And the third area, which is the, we're going to call the team cloud, is where the data isn't really owned by any one individual, but many people can jump in and collaborate on that. So I'm going to break it down into those three areas, and we're going to talk about all three of them. And yeah, there's a lot of benefit from having that private cloud. So for example, Apple's iCloud, which we'll mention, but really the greatest benefits come from the more open, the more collaborative uh, versions of the cloud. So let's jump right in, Chris. So with the private cloud, so this is where you have get, uh, get give access to your data to multiple devices and you can get access from multiple places. So let's look at a few of the tools that you can use there. For sure, Gihan. So let's start with places to actually store your files in the cloud. So you mentioned already Apple's iCloud. So that's a, a file storage service for people who use iOS and other Apple products. Um, I'm not an Apple user, so I don't use iCloud. I've got Google Drive. So that's Google's equivalent of the iCloud service. Um, but as you'll see, it, it crosses over into some of the other areas that we're going to talk about as well. But uh, fundamentally, Google Drive started out as um, an online office productivity suite. So you could create spreadsheets and word processing documents and presentations. But uh, then they expanded it from Google Docs, as it was known, to Google Drive, such that it's really just a file a cloud file storage system. So as well as those documents, you can also store any kind of file on Google Drive. And it's now become sort of the the storage system for your images if you use Picasa Web or stuff that you store um, on Google Plus also ends up in Google Drive. So it's this kind of pervasive file storage system in the cloud. So that's your files. Uh, another thing that out-of-office workers do a lot of is email. Um, and again, there are email tools that are cloud-based. Um, many, many uh, providers of these. But again, the one that I use is the one from Google, and I'm sure you've heard of it. It's Gmail. And the great thing about Gmail is the fact that being in the cloud, it's accessible to me from anywhere that I have internet access um, on any device. So I've got it on my desktop PC, I've got it on my tablet, I've got it on my um, smartphone. And, and that's great. It's just seamless. Uh, anywhere that I have internet access, I can access my email. Um, and I can access it from a variety of clients, whether it's apps or um, Thunderbird, that, that's uh, the, the Linux um, integration with it. Outlook also integrates with it. So it's accessible from any tool, anywhere that you have internet access. And finally, if you've got, uh, when you're using the cloud, uh, there are ways of accessing it with multiple devices. So sometimes you've got a file on one device that you want to be able to access on another device. So you want to be able to have a synchronized copy of that file across devices. So there are cloud tools that allow you to do that. And the most uh, well-known one of these is Dropbox. So you set aside a folder on your desktop, you put files into that folder, and Dropbox automatically uploads it to the cloud, and then you can get synchronized access to files in that folder from any other device that can access the cloud. Yeah, exactly. And then you said you're not an Apple user. Well, I am. Well, I'm actually platform platform agnostic, I think is the best uh, good way to describe it. So I've got a Microsoft Windows PC, mm -hmm. I've got an Apple iPad tablet, and I've got a Google Android phone. And I use Dropbox a lot, and it does exactly what you described. So I can take photos with my phone, they get automatically uploaded to the cloud, and they're immediately available on my PC or my iPad. So Dropbox is a fantastic tool for that. Another tool which serves a similar sort of purpose is Evernote. 
uh, which allows you to store snippets of things. So you can make notes, you can take photos, you can scan in business cards. And again, it's a cloud-based tool. So they go into my Evernote account, which is available on my PC, my phone, and my iPad. So it's another great way of synchronizing all your data, all your files, or all your thoughts and ideas uh, in the cloud, which means that they're synchronized across all your devices. The other thing that I do is do my backups in the cloud. There are a number of backup services, and the one that I've been using, I'm a bit unhappy with them. I'm unhappy with their customer service. I'm not going to say which one it is because okay. I, don't want to re- I don't want to recommend it, but I will be switching to another one because I love the idea of my backups happening automatically as I'm working, so they get automatically backed up to the internet, but also I can then access them from my phone or my tablet uh, because the backup services will have apps as well, which allow you to, to access your access your files from anywhere. So those sort of services, are the, so that backup service, uh, look for something. I'm going to be looking for a new one. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the, the big benefit of that is that your files then are available in all those places, as well as with all the services that we mentioned, Chris, the other big advantage is that uh, you could you could lose your phone or your PC could crash or your iPad could get stolen. And still, because your data is in the cloud, it's still available for you. Um, I found that when I when I didn't lose a phone, but I upgraded to a new phone. And as soon as I did that, just signed into my Google account, immediately all the apps were suddenly were automatically reinstalled. All my data was instantly available. It's so much easier to do those sort of things like upgrading or switching. Excellent. So that's um, private access, access to your own files and services. The next section we're going to talk about is selective access. So that's where you start sharing uh, services and files with other people, a small group of people. So again, we can uh, look at tools and services like Dropbox. Previously, I mentioned Dropbox as a way of synchronizing files that you want to access uh, across different devices. But Dropbox also allows you to share different folders and different files uh, amongst a small group of selected users. Uh, and, And other competitors to Dropbox have similar functionality. So it's not just a way of synchronizing files for your own personal use. It's a way of allowing selective access to files for other people. And uh, the same is with, the same happens with Google Drive. So you can share folders or individual files and documents in Google Drive with other people that uh, you want to access them. So that's the way that we are actually working now, Gihan. We have a document that holds the notes for this podcast, uh, and it's shared between Gihan and I, and it's stored on Google Drive. And it's your document, isn't it, which you give yeah, access to me? that's right. So it's in my Google Drive account, and I've nominated you, Gihan. A couple of your Google accounts uh, have access to it as well. And you can access the way that uh, people uh, can access it as well. So I've given you both read and write permission, but I can also restrict you just to read permission if I wanted to, just so you can read it but not change it. And uh, extending that principle of selective access to accounting, so uh, the way that uh, Sheree, my wife, and I run our business is that we use a piece of software called MyOB, M-Y-O-B, and we both need to be able to um, add entries to it and also allow our accountant access to it. Now, we use the the paid-for software that we bought, but MyOB also offers a cloud-based version. So we could uh, have all of the advantages of... uh, providing selective access between me and Sheree and our accountant using the cloud-based version of MyOB. And I think there are other competitors to MyOB who have similar services like Xero and maybe even Quicken. 
The one I've really I've had really really good things about is Zero, and like you, Chris, I've, I use the software version of Maya. I've been using it for fifteen, sixteen years since I started yeah. my business, and I've uh, been thinking about upgrade or ch- switching to the cloud-based version. But I've also heard such good things about Zero that uh, I'm thinking of switching to that completely. And it's one of those things you mentioned earlier: is can you get your data out and is it portable? Mm-hmm. And most of these services will allow you to import. So if I switch to Zero, I can import my Maya data directly into there so it makes that really easy great another thing is passwords and uh, passwords are always one of the things that you need to be really careful about and uh, i use a system called LastPass. so it's a there's a free version and there's a very low low fee subscription version and it's the the private version of that is where you have your passwords stored in a vault in a password vault which you then have one master password for the whole vault and then LastPass will fill in every other password and every other website that you go to um if you upgrade to the paid version, it has another very nice feature which allows you to share your passwords selectively with other people. And uh, I said share your passwords, but actually what you share is your logins. So you might have a virtual assistant doing some work for you and you want to give him or her access to a particular website. Let's say you want to give them access to your Gmail account so they can look through your email before you wake up in the morning and get overwhelmed with an inflowing, uh, overflowing inbox. Well, you can give them access to your Gmail account through LastPass, but without giving them the password. So you say, I want to share my Gmail login with them, and they have LastPass installed, and they can log in to Gmail, but they never actually see the password. And then when you finish uh, work with them, if they leave, or if they're only there for a short time because they're working on a project, then you can revoke that access. So they never see your password. You never need to change your password for that reason, but you're giving selective access to it. And I find that really useful. Excellent. If you're doing slightly bigger things, like uh, if you've got a CRM, Customer Relationship Management System, then a number of those are now available um, in the cloud. Uh, One that I've heard really good things about is Solve360. There's another one called Sugar CRM. And most of the the well-established CRMs now have a cloud-based version. And the advantage, again, is that not only do you have access to it from everywhere, but you can selectively invite other people, colleagues and uh, people who work with you, employees or outsource staff, to give, to give them access to, to basically your contact database. So that's really powerful as well. I, haven't, I don't use a CRM, but I will be fairly soon. And the, the last one I'll mention here, Chris, is the one that we've, we've used together, which is outsourcing. So if you use a number of the talent markets like Elance and Odesk, then you can outsource work to people around the world. But some of them have the feature where you can invite other people in your team to look at the work that's being done. So we did this when we were doing the out-of-office book cover. I posted the project through my Elance through my Elance account, but I was able to invite you in, Chris, as a team member to review the proposals as they came in, which meant that together we could review it. You never got access to my Elance password. And I don't think I, I don't think you had access to everything I could do, but you did have the access to be, to be able to review the proposals, which is what we wanted. Exactly. So that's selective access to individuals where you nominate a person who can access your logins or your files and documents in the cloud. The next step is to expand that to larger groups of people, namely teams, people that you're collaborating with in a team situation. So again, we'll start with Dropbox. Dropbox uh, allows for private access, for selective access, but also there's Dropbox for teams. Now, this isn't a feature of Dropbox that I use, so I don't know exactly how it works, whether it's based on domain names or whether you can set up teams that have particular roles, but they've 
either way, they've got it covered in so much as you can provide access to larger groups of people in Teams to the files that are synchronized by Dropbox. I think that I think the key thing there, Chris, is that Dropbox has realized that it started off as an individual service, so providing services for individuals. And as you said, you can provide selective access for others. But then they realized that, you know, there are more and more people who wanted an enterprise version of Dropbox. And so they've yeah. created this Dropbox for Teams where it's not just one person's Dropbox account. It's got higher security. It's got um, many more enterprise-style features in there. Okay, cool. Um, so that's Dropbox. And then when it comes to documentation, something that we use a lot uh, where I work is wikis. So wikis are a cloud-based system for uh, documenting, you name it, whatever you like. Uh, we're all familiar with Wikipedia, which is a, a knowledge-based documentation system. Uh, but with, uh, with our work, we use it for documenting projects and software that we've develop developed. And all members of the team can access and edit the documentation within the wiki system. And then we can allow access to users of our software and uh, project members as well. Great, great. So there's a couple of the tools for, for team-based cloud access. Another one, going back to the CRMs, another really big one is Salesforce. And, you know, like it's debatable whether that belongs in this category or the others belong in this category. It doesn't really matter. Salesforce has been around for a while and it's a really robust enterprise quality CRM. And it is cloud-based. Uh, it's not the only one. There are a number of others like it, but I just wanted to mention that because it has been around for a while. It's probably at the more expensive end. So uh, if you're a very small business, you probably wouldn't use something like Salesforce. But if you are, certainly, if you want something that's robust, it integrates with a number of other services and and is well-established, then Salesforce is a good one to go for. Um, the next one is actually doing online meetings, and we've talked about this in the past, Chris, and we use this. Uh, we've used a number of the tools like Google Hangouts, Skype, GoToMeeting, uh, and others. There are many, many others available in the market now. Those those probably are the three that I've used, and maybe the three that you've used as well, Chris. Yeah, yep. um, and they're great because they allow you to very easily and quickly set up an online meeting. And like many of these services, when they first start, they're a little bit clunky and clumsy to use, and people are trying to access them from different devices and with different internet speeds and so on. So it can be a bit clunky to start off with, but those three in particular have now improved to the stage where the, the technology is no longer the problem. It's just getting people together to meet. And uh, some people will say there's nothing that can ever replace face-to-face, belly-to-belly, in-person meetings. However, some of these online collaboration tools can certainly do a very, very good job. And they certainly can do an excellent job in places where you can't do the in-person meetings. And I'm going to finish off with this with the idea of project management. And I hesitated here because I'm saying I'm going to finish off. And there's dozens, if not hundreds, of other things that we could talk about. And uh, we're just giving you a sample here. But let's let's finish off with this idea of project management. If you've got teams working together, they're going to have to do more than just share documents and meet from time to time. There has to be some sort of systems systems in place where people can keep track of what's going on. And especially when you're talking about larger projects and larger teams. So there are a number of now, now there are a number of project, uh, sorry, cloud-based project management tools. And one that's, again, I'm going for one that's been well-established, one that's been around for a while and is very popular is Basecamp. So Basecamp allows you to bring a team of people together for a project. You have a shared document space in there. You have a place for them to make comments on documents. Uh, there's tracking. So there's a number of the features that you would normally need if you're managing a project and working on, it, uh, working on a project together. It's not the only one, and it certainly doesn't have everything you need for every project. 
but it's one of those that's quite quite useful and uh, provides a lot of features. And I think for your sort of projects, just look around for other cloud-based project management tools because there are there are a lot of them around and they all provide a number of different features depending on what sort of projects you're running. Very good, Gihan. So I think we've, as you say, we've only scratched the surface, but I think by grouping them into private selective access and team, I think we've given a good overview of what's possible with cloud-based tools. And again, as you said, these aren't necessarily the best. They're just the ones that we use and are familiar with. So I think we can sum up with uh, a few principles. Uh, one of the ones that we have in the book is that as much as is practical, use the cloud for collaboration. And the reason for doing that is because your content and the service is available anytime, anywhere, and on any device that you've got access to the cloud. The services offered by the cloud make it possible for multiple people to collaborate remotely. And there's none of this problem where you have a single master copy where someone uh, has to be in control of that and hand out versions of it to other and merge changes. That master copy is held in the cloud and, and is automatically synchronized as people make changes to it uh, via the cloud service. Yeah, look, I think one of the things that's really important to say is that if you're like me and you've been using my software for a long time and now you're thinking about switching to the cloud, there's a little bit of a short-term pain that you have to go through, possibly, to switch or to switch from one cloud-based service to another. And it's just a matter of saying, okay, well, there is a little bit of short-term pain, but let's do it. And uh, when, I've, when I've done this, so when I switched from Outlook to Gmail, for example, I was surprised at how little short-term pain there was because I was kind of firmly entrenched and embedded in using Microsoft Outlook. And then I switched completely to Gmail uh, and I did it over Christmas because I thought that would be the least disruption to my business when I did it at a quiet time. As it turned out, I needn't, I needn't have worried. It was a fairly easy a transition and uh, there was some short-term pain but very little and uh, I think that 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 obstacle or that perceived obstacle can get in the way of people actually making that shift so I think take the take the short-term hit because it really is worthwhile um, and the final thing is just assume it's possible if you're thinking about what sort of services you need or you're using in your business in your organization then assume that there's a cloud-based solution available because more often than not you'll be right and maybe you'll find that there's certain things that can't be done in the cloud but look for a cloud-based solution first because it's probably out there very good gihan and would you like to advise our listeners where they might read more about the cloud oh yes in fact there are a few copies of the book left and they can get there from outofofficebook.com. So, oh, sorry, I should say there's a few copies of the printed book left. So if you want a printed, personally autographed copy, then you can go to <laughs> outofofficebook.com and rush there now. And you can buy one of the last, I think we've got a handful, literally a handful of copies left. And if you want the ebook version, which we're selling more of the ebooks than we have the printed books, uh, not surprisingly in this day and age, uh, then there are an unlimited number of copies of those available as well. But not personally signed. But not personally signed. <laughs> <laughs> so that's available at outofofficebook.com. We will also have the show notes from this podcast, and also you can listen to all the old podcast episodes that we've done, including a couple that we've done about cloud computing. So just look back through those past episodes and you'll see a little bit more if you want a bit more background about using the cloud. Very good. So thank you again, Chris. It's been a great conversation. And I think I'm kind of inspired when I listen to podcasts where people are just sharing some of the tools that they're using and how they're using them, because sometimes I've seen some tools, I've heard about them, but the relevance isn't clear to me immediately. But when I hear about somebody else using something, I think, well, I could do the same thing or I could do something like that or here's an application for me in my business using it the same way. So I hope we've we've provided that same value to other people today.
Absolutely, me too. Great. Thanks, Chris, and we'll speak again soon. Will do. Bye for now. Bye. Visit our website at outofofficebook.com where you can read all our show notes, subscribe to the podcast, and get our book out of office. We wish you all the best in creating the work style of your choice.